0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy for Life podcast, where we will be discussing maintainable, sustainable, conscious living. I'm your host, Sarah Grace. Thanks for joining me. Hey, welcome back to Healthy for Life. Thanks so much for joining me today. I want to talk to you all about not taking no for an answer. I have an inspiring guest that I'm going to be bringing on today and I am so excited to share her story where she really just took out all the stops really. And She is a mother of, I want to say, five children, and she transformed the lunch program at her school. And I think now in today's world, this is a time for us to really be brave, to stand on our truth, and to not be afraid to take on big tasks. If there's something that you really believe in, and especially when it affects your children, I just think that now is the time to really stand in your truth and to not back down. And sometimes these undertakings might be really overwhelming and they might seem like, you know, just something that you can't do, but where there's a will, there's a way. And I I think that that applies to so many areas in our lives, even if it's maybe you need to lose a A large amount of weight, or you know, you're looking at your nutrition and you're thinking, wow, I am so far off where I know I need to be. These are huge undertakings, it may seem at the beginning, but what you need to do is just start and just set small goals along the way and just get started. And it will amaze you what opens up for you along that road, what doors open, and where you're led to go with that kind of positive journey and that positive step in the first direction. And so I'm really excited to bring in our guest, Hillary. I'm going to bring her on here in a minute. And I have not had a chance to really talk to her about how she did what she's doing and really what got her started. And, um, you know, what kind of struggles she probably ran into along the way and how she did it while balancing her own personal life. And I think these are the kind of stories that we need to hear right now that, you know, you've got to be brave. You've got to stand up. You've got to take those steps and make a difference and step out in faith. So let me get Hillary on here today. All right. So I have Hillary here and she is the founder of School of Lunch. She's going to tell us about herself and about this program that she started. So Hillary, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you
1: for having me. It's amazing to be here.
0: Yeah. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background and just your backstory.
1: Okay. Well, my backstory goes back to um, my high school days when I was an athlete and um, working really, playing a ton of soccer, and my mom, well, fat free came in, and my mom and my whole family fell for that whole, uh, mm-hmm. thing: hook line and synchron. So of course I did, and um, it became sort of a thing for me for like ten years to avoid fat. Like it was just I thought I knew everything, and um, you know, meanwhile was burning my body to the brink. And my senior year in high school, I had t- stress fractures in both tibias and both femur bones, you know, never thought about nutrition, nothing. Um, but it really wasn't until I got married at 25 and then at 26, uh, got pregnant and miscarried right away. And then Mm -hmm. that, um, went on for three years. I had four miscarriages over three years. And that was really my point of like, what is going on? Like, why is my body not able to carry a pregnancy? And, um, and so I went on to do fertility treatments and ended up with triplets. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, great. Three years of infertility, three babies, you know, all is well. And it was great. And I got a little bit into food when I had them and was like, oh, I want to feed them all organic baby food and made my own. And I would buy, I was into organic at that point, um, but still buying like organic cereal and pirate booty or whatever you know the little snack everything was still processed I mean yeah you know so I wasn't fully awake yet and then um when they were three I thought oh maybe we should have one more baby just to see what it's like to have one and boom I got pregnant on my own and he stuck and um so I had this little the triplets were three and I had this little newborn and at two months old he started breaking out with eczema all over his body and it was just like I didn't know what to do I tried holistic stuff I tried all sorts of stuff and trying allergy tests and finally you know even though I didn't want to I put steroid cream on him and Zyrtec twice a day and and it did help like he slept through the night like I used to have to pin him to my body for two hours in the middle of the night because he would just scratch and scratch so I that did help but then I realized like if I forgot to put it on then the eczema would just flare again so in my head I was like huh this is like a band-aid right and at the, the same point at the same time I found out I was pregnant again when he was six months old so all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh this is insane and I had five babies all of a sudden under four and the scratching eczema baby and I was like you know the mom that was like living off of balance bars basically and drinking coffee and the were lattes in the morning and the wine at night and I would have like 10 seconds it would take in the middle of the night for my right eye to open up and nobody could figure out what was wrong. And then I thought I had shingles I had this weird sensation kind of on both sides of my body. So they didn't know it wasn't really um, typical symptoms for shingles, but nobody could figure out. So I was just like probably headed straight towards an autoimmune disease or stuff some sort, um, Right. but it was just sort of burning. Again, I had all these babies. And then, um, and ironically, I had come across the work of Jamie Oliver and Alice Waters and about with the work they were doing with school lunches. And I decided I want to change school lunches. And, you know, meanwhile, I didn't even have any kids in school, but I just sort of had this aha that like, Oh my gosh. And, and so I kind of jumped into the town and tried to seek answers. And somebody connected me with this woman, Kristen Canty, who had, she's the one who, um, she produced the movie Farmageddon and she's just like a real food advocate. And she okay. had told me that her son had healed with raw milk from, uh, what did he have? Allergies or asthma. And um, and meanwhile, you know, my child, the doctor said, oh, he'll probably just have asthma, e- eczema and allergies that just go hand in hand. So it's like, you know, a lot of time searching for answers and nothing was helping him. And so she was t- telling me about the Weston A. Price Foundation. I didn't really know what she was talking about. I didn't know what raw milk was. I was like, what? But I was so desperate. I'm like, I'll try anything. And so I put him on raw milk and cod liver oil and he healed like in two months. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so, when, so did you
0: go and look up like rawmilk.com through the Weston A. Price Foundation and find, find a farm near you to get the raw milk?
1: Well, they had already, so Kristen and her family had already been participating in this Amish co op where okay. you drive around. I mean, it was like totally underground and you drive to like, you know, different pickup spots and open a little padlock door and, and there would be a fridge with just raw dairy. And yep. so it was a membership and they would drive around and pick it up for me because I had so many little kids. And so then shortly after that, there was a Western Price conference or a fourfold path to, path to healing conference that was right in the next town over. And I went and I heard Sally Fallon speak, you know, I'm sitting there with my latte listening and and she just gave her a whole intro on the work of Western Price, And I sat there just like, Oh my gosh, I have been duped like my entire life. Like it just made so much sense. Yes. And so I walked out of her lecture and there was the Amish all set up with their raw cheese and their raw kefir and, their uh, sprouted almonds and you name it, raw butter, whatever. And they were I was like, Oh my god, the Amish are here. And I um I they said we need somebody to run a co op in Massachusetts. So I volunteered and I ran that same co op for six years out of my home and my little town in Massachusetts because I had seen the power of food healing my son. Wait, so
0: so yeah. what town was this in Massachusetts? Because that's where I'm originally
1: from. Oh in West I was in West Concord.
0: Okay. Wow, that's so, so Concord, cool. Mass. So just
1: west of Boston, like twenty yeah. miles. West okay.
0: Of I was more on the Cape, like Carver, okay. Plymouth, but yeah, that's so cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, like in Massachusetts, you could buy from the farm directly, but you couldn't pick up really for your friends. It was like is they had kind of strict yeah laws around it. But so we had this truck that came up. Um, you know, a pallet basically would be put on like a Walmart truck or something, some other truck and would drive up and we'd unload it. And I got to deliver, you know, give all these people access to really beautiful food. And it was membership. So it was like, you know, above board that way you had to sign um, and that you knew you what you were getting into. And uh, but it was just so many people so thankful for access to such beautiful food. And um, and then I uh, my daughter, who is one of the triplets, has epilepsy, so I was always on a search for her and uh, a search for answers for her epilepsy, and I had come across the work through the the foundation as well of Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride, who wrote mm-hmm. The GAPS Diet, The Gut and Psychology Syndrome, and I was like, oh gosh, I think that we probably should dive into that and um but i was so nervous i knew it was a big endeavor and at that point i had been teaching cooking classes out of my home i just really was like bitten by the bug and wanted to spread this information as far as i could and um and i started to um i guess we met with a medical intuitive who said you guys need the gaps diet and i was like oh gosh okay this is a sign so we dove into it and then i started teaching a little bit about more about gaps on my um my cooking class and there happened to be a woman in my class who was also on GAPS and she's a photographer, Mary Brackett, and we both looked at each other like we need to write a book about this because there was really nothing out there that was inspiring. Her book of course is amazing and makes so much sense but visually it was just like uh, oh, like there's no great recipes, I don't know what to do and okay, nobody yeah. to hold my hand. So we created this book Called the Heal Your Gut Cookbook that was designed for you know moms and dads, whatever, to be able to like curl up in bed and look through this book and be like, wow, we can heal with real food alone and it looks delicious and it's not impossible. And so we created this book, and then um right after we handed it over to the publishing company, my husband at the time was diagnosed with throat cancer. So at that point I knew, you know, about the immune system. And so we worked really, we basically um, treated them on our own for like eight months and cleaned up his whole immune system. And, and then we ended up ultimately moving from Massachusetts to California to Los Angeles for a more alternative treatment and also just to get out of stress and new way of life and kind of start fresh. And so that's what brought us to California. And then, literally, his first day out of bed, um, we were in Marina Del Rey, then Santa Monica, and people had told us about Topanga. And we're like, what is Topanga? this little mountain town um, in between Santa Monica and Malibu, and we just decided to take a drive there, and somebody told us about this little tiny nature based school that had just opened, and so we drove up, and um, at that point, my cookbook had just released, so it was out, and I told them about it, and the chef there, um, there were really only like 30 kids, and the chef was like, oh, we just caught her own fish and cooked it up today and she told me she really wanted to roast a whole goat and so I was just like I'm in like this is it this is our place they get it and so um we ended up sending our triplets there and then as the school grew they started to outsource the food and that's really where all of a sudden I was like hey okay this is like going back to basically Standard American diet, and I had worked really hard in Massachusetts for like you know several years to change the school lunch system, and it was just I got no, we didn't get very far, um, and so uh, then at that point I would kind of like pushed my way in with the the head of school talking to him about the importance of nutrition, and I became the snack coordinator um, and a consultant to the lunch lady or the food service director. And then halfway through the year, I was given the keys to the kitchen to become the actual lunch lady. I can tell you more about that process, but that's how I actually became the lunch lady at the my kid's school. I never thought that that would be where I would end up as the actual lunch lady, but it was kind of one of those points where you just get to the, to the realization that it's not going to happen unless I do it myself. Right. And so I wanted to create a new show, you know, a new way, a better way, and that it's possible. I knew that it was possible.
0: So did you have any background? Cause you said you were teaching some cooking classes. Like, did you have any background with, with chefs or cooking or no. anything, or you just were like, I can do this. And you just started showing yeah. people what you were doing.
1: Yeah, it was just basically learn by doing. I just was like, have a lot of grit and just kind of, once I had that aha moment and once I was once I discovered the Weston Price Foundation, it was sort of like, I couldn't get enough information. Right. You know, I just right. was like, oh my gosh, I want to learn this and nourishing traditions. And yep. I just kept trying and I just sort of put myself out there and taught moms like what I was doing in the kitchen. And I, you know, I'm never about perfection. And I just sort of, I'm like, I just want to help people. And so it was, I think that's, what's approachable about what we do is that it's not this curated whole thing. It's just really real. And it's from the heart because it's like, it's what I can do. I can't go back to culinary school at this point, but you know, I think you don't necessarily need to, like, it really was boots on the ground, kind of grassroots effort to just learn. And when I got that, the keys to the kitchen she's like oh my gosh like I was having anxiety about putting 125 snacks on the table and then to ha- to make 125 snacks plus 125 lunches I was just like how am I going to do this but I didn't I sort of like that fake it till you make it and I brought people in to help me develop the systems and we just we did it now we're for we're on our fifth year That's amazing.
0: And so, let me ask you with your own children, did you see? So, your son's eczema goes away. What Mm -hmm. about your daughter's epilepsy?
1: Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, she switched pretty much very quickly from gaps to straight keto. And um, I mean, that was, oh my gosh, she's 17 and a half now and still has, you know, struggles with seizures. So, unfortunately, diet was not the answer we've done keto twice we've tried like so many things and I just Mm -hmm. I just said to her the other day um I heard this Dr. Cassie Huckabee I don't know if you know her but she's in San Diego I think but she said your your lifestyle is your medicine and I just said you know I think that's what it's gonna have to be because and we can talk about this with the regen living and stuff too but we're very much about it's not just food yeah. You know, it has to be your stress level, your sunshine, your movement, your sleep, your community, your friendships, laughter, Absolutely. all that stuff goes into play. And, and I may never be, and that's one of my, you know, it's one of my biggest, I have to say, she's my biggest teacher because, you know, as a mom, you just want to take away your kid's pain and their For struggles. Sure. And sometimes you just have to trust that this is the path and right. there may never be something that fully takes it away, but I won't, I won't give up trying, but it's stressful when you're always trying, I think as a kid to always feel like you have to fix something, right. Maybe she's just perfect just as she is. Right. And that I have to celebrate that her body, maybe a seizure is just a a healing response to what, you know, is building up and that's okay. So, um, you know, I don't know if anyone else, anyone out there has answers. I'm always, always open to suggestion, but we did, we have tried and, Right. And we will continue to try. But right. I think.
0: So like I think about it and, you know, California is kind of always been like ahead of the curve when it comes to certain things like health and nutrition. It's a great place to go for a lot mm-hmm. of that. And while it can be the worst place to go right now, they also have some of the the best things there when it comes to health and alternative you know, treatments and things. Mm -hmm. But like, I think for instance, of my daughter's school, she goes to a private Christian school here and they're still talking about like every Friday, it's Chick-fil-A day. And like, um, you know, they have different things, kids' birthdays. And she tells me what she had. And like, I go in and I say, look, I don't, I don't want her eating Chick-fil-A. I will pack something for her. If you're going to have like popsicles or whatever, can I pack her something? Because I know that, the things they're giving out are loaded with artificial colors and sweeteners. And, and it's like these simple things that seem like such no brainers to me are going on. And these are schools that you're paying money to send your children to. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you obviously found a school that was already had experienced this, you know, regenerative or ancestral type of uh, nutrition to a degree. So I'm sure that it wasn't totally shocking to them, but like, what do you do when you have a school that you like, but they don't have any knowledge of that, you know, like how do you break, I mean, did you face adversity with trying to do, or were they were just kind of like, here's the
1: keys, do, do your thing? No. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, you know, it, it can be, From the top, top private school to the most low-income inner city school, it's pretty much like the same. If you have a contract with a a food distributor, it's pretty much the same junk that the kids are being fed. So it doesn't, you know, privilege doesn't eliminate poor dietary choices and that disconnect. I think, um, you know, even at at the small nature-based school, there was still... Uh, and they brought me that nature connection, which I'm so grateful for, because I think that really is one of the the keys, but there still was a disconnect between food and our, how it affects our body, so it really, it really did take me, um, it took a lot of persistence, and I had to show up as the snack lady with, like, I would go to the farmer's market, I have a little video on my, on my website at schooloflunch.com under school, it's like a little 12-minute video, but I was really like, Three farmers' markets a week and meeting the farmers, and I'd get like bumper crops of whatever they could give me. I told them what I was doing, and when they would hear it was for the children, they're like, Here, you know, we have all these, you know, apples that are seconds, just take them. Or here's a bunch of lettuce that we're gonna have to compost anyway, just take it. Or so it started out like that, and I would search for anything that was unique and fun, whether it would be like huge zucchinis to a banana, like part of a banana tree or a a cacao pot or chestnuts, whatever I could find to start the conversation and engage these kids. And they used to come to snack and like rip open rice cakes and put like jelly on top and then take off and leave a mess and go play for recess. And then here all of a sudden you could see they were like these little boys, these little sixth grade boys I always remember would like do daffies off the stairs, like what's for snack, Miss Hillary? And they'd be so excited to try like a little sample of like, zucchini soup or zoodles or roasted tomatoes or whatever it was and then I would have these little chalkboards where I'd write you know write out where the where stuff came from um or questions to engage like the chestnuts or these little prickly balls so I'm like you know who can tell me what these prickly balls are and and they're all laughing and but we do shots of beet kvass so like in in um introducing them to ferments and just having conversation and then the adults you know were also really engaged because as we know like a lot of adults are struggling with gut issues and health issues so they're like what is bone broth and what are these fermented foods and why do I need them and so it just sort of started to take over and then once a month I could do the whole lunch I got to do that so I would go over the top and bring in farmers and so the parents would come for that as well so it was a parents at lunch program and that was where I could really shine. And so and then it was like midway through the year. um, I had a conversation with the head of school. And I was just like, listen, you know, my story, like, we've had cancer, we've had all this, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Right. And then, you know, there were other health issues in the community. I was just like, what's, what's the point of waiting? Like these kids need nutrition now. Exactly. And so he really was like, oh, like, if I give you the keys to the kitchen, can you handle it? And I was like, okay, sure. And like, I had a week to set up the kitchen and it was really, it was really, um, you know, that was a big deal for him because the, he had to let go the, you know, longtime friend and lunch lady that was there. And he really had to invest and trust that I was true, you know, would, would follow through and, and make it happen. So oh, I'm so amazing. grateful that he gave me that choice. Not right. A chance,
0: yeah. Right. So, um, what, can you tell us a little bit about regen living? Like, you know, cause I, I'm familiar with the Weston a price foundation. I'm a huge fan of theirs and, um, their philosophy, you know, so would you say regen living is, is similar to their philosophy, but this obviously affects how you come up with your nutrition and, and the foods that you are providing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to make sure that we had an angle that, that like I was saying before with my daughter, that it, it just isn't all about food, that it's very, very important that we understand, um, you know, the nature connection and that our bodies are designed to move and that we need, you know, we have circadian rhythms. So we need to be aware of sleep and the disruptors, like our phones and all of that. I mean, we're, as we evolve, it's just, disconnecting us more and more, I feel like from actually being human, right? Mm -hmm. So reminding people what it truly means to be human and to seek out those, the purest resources that you can find. And, and it's just that awareness, right? I mean, we're, we're never going to be perfect, but, um, and that's not the goal, but the goal is to have that awareness that there are other contributing factors to health. You can have the most perfect diet in the world and be so stressed about every little thing that you put in your body that something breaks down, you know, and you end up with a disease or you're depressed or something, you know, so, um, and there's so much misinformation uh, and so much information in general. So um, we really aim to, like at the school, we don't eliminate any food group. We just make sure everything is um, sourced from the best resources we can find and that it really has that infusion of ancestral wisdom and the traditional methods of cooking. So proper preparation of grains and beans and nuts and seeds and the healthy fats and, you know, nose to tail. We use the whole animal and really trying to educate the kids about death as is a part of life and uh, embracing that, you know, because I see these kids blowing with the wind with like, you know, which way they're going to eat this day or that day. Right. You know, it's like I'm vegetarian now or I'm vegan or I'm only going to eat two-legged animals or you know, I'm vegan, but oh, there's bacon. So, oh, I can eat bacon actually. You know, it's like they, they just, it's so awful to watch the confusion. And Mm -hmm. really we want to just give them, um, a safe space and say, you know, we've done our homework. We've, we've sourced from the best. So we really want you guys to just be able to come in and relax and enjoy and know that this is a beautiful nutrient dense meal. And, um, and I yeah. feel
0: like, you know, those are principles that we can all take where you don't have to avoid all these foods and cut out all these foods and count calories. And that's what I'm always teaching. If you're eating non-processed foods, foods that, that come in, in the way that, that you got them in their natural state,
1: then mm-hmm. you don't
0: have to worry about those things. And then there's what you like, what you're saying, the way that they're prepared. So like, you know, probably certain things being sprouted like grains Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then how are you cooking your meats and your different vegetables and not make making sure they're cooked in certain oils that are better for you? Like,
1: can you talk a little bit specifics about that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I always say I'm like, we're like the best restaurant in LA because we just we don't compromise. I mean you can have the nicest restaurant with the most beautiful ingredients and then they're dumping canola oil or soybean oil on it and their dressings are filled with bad oils or sugar and it's like wait a minute guys you know so that's what's super exciting about what we do because we're gathering gaining a lot of momentum and a lot of people want to be a part of the kitchen because these chefs are realizing like wow we get to cook with the most you know the most excellent ingredients and then we all sit down as um, lunch leaders after we serve the kids and we have a proper meal together and so we're able to nourish ourselves with you know a lot of people who work in restaurants like get free food but it's not really what they would want to put in their bodies you know Mm -hmm. so we really um i feed the kids at school like i feed my family and so Mm -hmm. there really is not a compromise we just we have all sourdough bread we have local locally grown grains that are freshly milled either by us or here at a mill in la and um, we do a, a sourdough process on it so it's all wild fermentation and we have lots of um, fermented foods as well, like krauts and ginger carrots and fermented salsa and hot sauce, and we're able to use raw dairy out here, which is incredible. And that was like one of those barriers. I'd say raw dairy is one of the um, was the biggest barrier for, barrier for any parent in my cooking classes, and as well as the head of school was like, wait a minute, when I Google raw dairy, there's all these things, and we right. get in trouble. And Mark McAfee, who's the owner of Organic Pastures, came down for a a party at my house and uh, met the head of school and they had like one conversation and he's like, okay, we're good to go. So we're so fortunate that these kids can have like raw kefir smoothies and raw butter. And so just the fact that they, that vo- that's in their vocabulary now for the rest of their lives, like fermentation and bone broths and uh, nose to tail and yeah. local and seasonal and healthy fats. And what is, what are the healthy fats? And so it's, it's a constant tending I, f- I feel like you can't just drop healthy food off at a school and say have at it kids because you're going to get that pushback we're so far down the wrong path that kids will be like oh I don't know like what is that and then does not right. look familiar and I don't want to eat it and then it ends up in the trash so you have to you know this is why I have us this passion of training lunch leaders to sweep across the globe basically is because we do need a retraining of you know our concept of what health really is and a retraining of our taste buds and we need those people to show up that are trusted by these little kids in this community to say I'm here again and again and again and this food is made with love and and they you know here just try this just try it you know and then it's exciting to see that um you know the the acceptance of what's Mm -hmm. really real and then that becomes the norm right like this year now we have we used to be 4th through 12th, and we've just expanded this year to K through twelve. So we're getting these little, little Amazing. kids. So hopefully they'll never, you know, this will just be what's what they'll remember. They right. And like, oh, yeah, I used to have crappy school food. Then right. Just, you know.
0: Well, and that's the thing is, like, if I could offer any advice to, to parents, new parents, as if you're even considering having children, is start them young on these foods. Like, I know with my daughter... I started her really young, like a couple months old on the cod liver oil, just straight into her mouth. And so she would take cod liver oil straight or in applesauce or an avocado or something like that. Uh, for a lot, like that was nothing to her. And so she takes a lot of supplements now very easily. And she's really open to eating all kinds of foods and my son, I slacked a little more on with, but um, I definitely think introducing these things at a young age is the key. And then as an adult, you have to give yourself time to retrain your taste buds. And when you do, it's almost like a whole new world opens up to you because you're not excited by those sweet, fake, sugary you know, foods. They're gross to you. Like yeah. me, I'm like ew, that's too sweet. Or I can even smell that. I don't want that. Like your whole life just changes and you, yeah. your body then
1: desires and craves these nutrient dense real foods. Yeah. And I've seen that. I've seen like the, the adults and even the kids, they're craving the good bugs, you know, like they want to put that kefir smoothie in their body or, and they don't necessarily know why but it's like, Oh, I can't wait for my kefir, you know? Cause it's like, you're good. The good bugs are like, give me more, give me more. Yeah. So it's, it's so true. And as soon as you have that, like I can't even believe I used to put like butter buds on like all my vegetables and popcorn. And, and I'm like, what is that? You know, and now mm. I eat like a half a stick of butter a day. <laughs> it's like so <laughs> it's so liberating too, because it's so delicious. Yes. And it, I, I met this, so when my book first came out, I had just landed in LA basically from, you know, this small little colonial town in Massachusetts. And all of a sudden I'm surrounded by people from all over the world. And um, I was, my husband was in treatment. So I was just sort of like walking around, meeting people and, you know, new school, whatever. And so everybody I would meet, I'd kind of try and talk about my book and especially people with accents and people from around I knew the work of Weston Price so I'd ask elders especially you know I'd show my book and say how did you eat growing up and um and of course it was confirmation of Weston Price's work that you know they had all these traditional foods and they had seen the change coming to America especially in their kids and their grandkids Um, and so but I had one elder that I met at a butcher shop she was buying bones to make broth and she just passed away. Um. Oh my gosh, a year and a half ago or so, but her name was Rose. She was amazing. And she told so I started to, I befriended her I and mean, became friends and I would talk to her at length about her childhood and whatnot. And she said to me, some people may have heard me say this, but that simplicity is gourmet. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, that needs to be like on my lunch leader hub someday when I have it. But I'm like, it's so true. Real food is really quite basic and simple. And I say to people who think like, oh, this is elitist and not everybody can afford to eat this way, my advice is really buy what you can afford and cook real food. Exactly. Just stick to real. Just stick to the real and keep it simple.
0: And just the very fact that you're cooking the food is a mm-hmm. huge step. Like, you know, I've read a stat that Americans spend more money on fast food than they do and sitting down to cooked food, home cooked food. And so it's like that alone people get hung up on. Yeah. Like you said, it has to be this like three course gourmet. I mean, my husband and I will do uh, one of my favorite things is get a whole chicken stick, um, lemon and like a half a stick of butter in it, salt and pepper, stick that in the oven and we'll eat that with like a beautiful, colorful salad of everything, you know, that, that we love in there. And that's an amazing dinner and it doesn't take long to cook. I think people overthink it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, like you're saying, simple ingredients that are nutritious and real are so satisfying and they're far more satisfying than like a, you know, thrown in the oven, frozen lasagna or, you know, I, I mean, I don't know some of these meals that people grab and go. And it's like, it's just, when you start eating that way, you can taste the difference. And that's why sometimes I struggle when we travel or go to restaurants because, we have a few that we stick with when we're home because otherwise you go and you're just like, this doesn't have any flavor to it. You know, it's like, it's not real food almost.
1: It's not real. I know. It's really, it's really interesting, um, that we've gotten to this point in humanity where it's really the norm to, to just, to buy takeout and to all these processed foods, like all the, you know, and that's where I think it's it's like I said the other day that I my million dollar question used to be like, you know, why do we have, how do we wake people up before the wake up call? Because it seems pretty typical that as a human, you need this like frying pan to the head to say like, oh, now you have cancer or, or your yep. baby has eczema or you yep. can't have children that you right. actually have these like, oh, I think something has to change. Exactly. But how do we get people to, you know, Head towards prevention. And now I had an epiphany just like last week, literally. I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe this is actually the most brilliant time in humanity because humanity has been literally delivered the frying pan to the head. Like we're in a situation, Mm -hmm. I would say, where we have to wake up. If we choose to stay sleeping, then we can just expect that we're continued down the path of destruction. And maybe we will be, you know, entering the sixth mass extinction. And maybe that's what needs to happen, but I choose to to keep in the hope and leading by example. And I think like you, we were talking about earlier that all these like-minded people are connecting, yep. which maybe we never would have before. So there are a lot of us out there that are um, really trying to share very valuable information and make it approachable for people and doable. And I mean, I, I try and um, Chuck, my, my partner and I say, we're making a, a joyful noise. Like we're just, we're just in the joy. And like we're Hilda from the Weston Price Foundation. We do a, a live every week called, or she does the wise traditions podcast. Yes, We do a live called being human with Hilda and Hillary, trying to remind people every week, you know, what it means to be human and get them excited about um, jumping in and turning back and that's and, so cool and, you know basically we say we're, we're leading by a sweeter song you know here's a we're going to build a new boat and that's essentially what I've done with the school lunch like I just let the old system just do its thing but I'm going to be over here doing this other thing and if you think it looks great then jump on in and we'll teach you everything we know so I think that's just what we have to do is be that you know the shiny example of the best we can be for our kids and exactly people.
0: and that's what I said like before I brought you in when I, I was saying that you, now is the time to just be bold and to step out mm-hmm. and to to take things on you know because I'm sure at the time for you you had all these children and that was just probably like what are you doing? People would think you were crazy, you know? Oh, How yeah. are you going to undertake this? But you just started and look look where it's gotten you. And I think that's what people need to do, whether it's just in their own life and their own family, or it's actually, you know, taking on a bigger project like you did with a school or standing up in their, yeah, their own communities and their schools and, and standing in their truth. Now is the time mm-hmm. because while there's a lot of pushback and a lot of negativity. There's also, I think a lot of people who are waking up and who are kind of crossing over, so to speak. And they're, yeah. they're saying, wait a minute now, something doesn't add up, you know?
1: Right. And I think regardless of where you fall on the line of like, you know, what's right or wrong and what's going on right now, the, the best thing you can do, you know, we all need to take care of ourselves. We're at like epidemic, you know, proportions of disease throughout our children, our, all of humanity is sick basically and our earth is sick, our animals are sick. This is a moment where we have to have that wake-up call, that realization. But the the number one first step you can do is take control of your own health and take personal responsibility for your health and that of your little you know tribe, your little family, and that's where you start. Because if you don't have that in check, then you can't go out and you know try and help. You can always be you know spreading your message, but I think once you get yourself straightened out in your family, then you can, the ripple starts to happen. And Absolutely. I think a lot of us, you know, we are the the crazy ones in our family. I mean, I still am, you know, 15 years later, it's like, oh, she's extreme or she's crazy. Yeah. But I like <laughs> to say we're the good crazies, you know, right. we're like we have the best intentions and the biggest hearts. And it makes I me, mean, you know, food is very personal for people and it makes people uncomfortable. And so Um, You know, you never want to shame somebody or make them feel like, I think that's, it's very hard. It's easier for people sometimes to turn away and just stay with the status quo than to really lean into the discomfort of um, what maybe deep down or on a subconscious level they know is real, you know, like to, to lean into that. Maybe I haven't been treating my body the right way. Maybe I'm not you know, feeding my kids the way nature intended. And maybe this eczema or the allergies or the autoimmune is a sign that I can, and, and I think we have to be really gentle with ourselves. Exactly. There's a lot of deception and a lot of money that goes into deceiving us. Mm-hmm. And so to to fall for it's not to say that we're stupid or, you know, that we made, you know, we're, we're not capable of making good decisions. It was deliberately, it's deliberately around every corner. If you have kids, you know that somebody or something is around every corner trying to give, you know, fake food, right, and misinformation to your child, <laughs> right, whether it's on purpose or not, it's like a soccer game or a doctor's office or whatever. It's just like, it's everywhere. So I think we have to kind of tap into that inner knowing. And that's my, my magic bullet really is to say, like, I don't think there is a magic bullet, but I think it's recognizing that we are nature. Mm-hmm. We're no different than anything in nature, really, where we look at nature in such awe, and we're like, you know, can't believe the beauty of a peacock, or um, a mountainside, or a flower, whatever it may be, but if we were to, like, put, turn the mirror on us, and look at how amazing that we're, like, walking, talking, super organisms, yes. you know, basically, we're, we're, we're cohabitating with trillions of microbes, and fungus, and bacteria, and parasites that keep us walking and talking and doing all these amazing things that we're able to do. So Absolutely. just like we wouldn't treat nature with like, well, we do, we put pesticides and all this, but you know, if you've made a personal decision to water your plants with good, you know, nutrition or whatever, you're not going to, why would why do we put junk in our own bodies?
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. And and kind of getting in touch again with your body and with the mm-hmm. earth and the ground. And yeah. I see, so many people, you know, I kind of sometimes say to myself, man, how did we get where we are right now? Or like, how are people oh, kind of being like duped? And why are people so easily fooled or or just so quick to just kind of do what they're told, not question? And then I go to like a water park with my kids or <laughs> anywhere yeah. where there's a lot of fun, free entertainment and and cheeseburgers and pizza, and I say, this is why, like you just see yeah. that people are so out of touch with their bodies, with mm-hmm. the earth, with food, and and they're kind of just mechanically going through life and picking things that are convenient and quick or whatever. And it's like, like you said, like kind of getting back to the same way you might sit and you might look at a beautiful sunset and think, man, what an amazing world or, or flowers or the ocean or whatever. We are those amazing creations and beings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just such a cool way to look at it, that we need to care and respect our bodies, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember being on like a the camping trip um, with the school, the very first year I wasn't even the snack lady yet. I just went on the camping trip and helped out. And um, the head of school, I think we we're up North and like, you know, by the redwoods and he circled up the kids at the end and he he just said you know i want to just take a moment and have some gratitude for these amazing redwoods and where we are and look at like look at their magnificence and at at the base of every redwood are like billions of microbes keeping it healthy and alive and i wanted to just like shout at him like you are a redwood like you're no different yeah (laughs) and then he talked about like having the kids pick up all the little Micro trash around so that we left the place cleaner than it was when we came in. I, I thought about that too. I was like, huh, like if we left our micro trash there, then, you know, probably the next group in wouldn't notice it. But if everybody left their micro trash after a while, it would look like a dump mm. and people wouldn't want to go there. And that's what we do to our bodies. It's like, you know, we're just this little micro trash, these little things that we put in every day, day after day, it adds up, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, we have to think of things that way. Yeah. It, that's know.
0: such a cool perspective. So before I let you go tell uh, people, what are, um, some ways say for like bone broth, how can you incorporate them into a meal aside from say, just drinking it in like a mug, which I like to do, but maybe for mm-hmm. kids bone broth and cod liver oil. Do you have any tips on incorporating those into your nutrition?
1: Yeah. I mean, for cod liver oil, I was like you, we just kind of lined up and do the, because it was so, I have five kids. So to buy the capsules was kind of like, oh, it's like a whole, you know, yeah. next level of expense. <laughs> so I was right. like, let's just do, you know, suck it up and take it, shoot okay. it down. Um, so that was, that was that. I also, when we did the GAPS diet, we, um, we did syringes full of pickle juice for my kids. I was just like, just, you know, because they didn't always necessarily want to eat sauerkraut and things like that. Okay. So I just would line them up and be like, here's your syringe or two syringes full of your pickle juice. And um, and that kind of made it fun for them too. So that's a good way. And with ferments too, you know, chopping up things really finely and sprinkling them on top of even like homemade nachos or into salads. So it's not just this huge crunchy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I put pickle juice or fermented like sauerkraut juice whatever into salad homemade salad dressings that's a good way to get it in okay um, and kefir smoothies raw kefir if people have access to that that's I think that's like a powerhouse the best, yes yeah and then bone broth um you know you can cook your beans in bone broth you can cook rice in bone broth we True. make soups a lot so um anytime you can add you know at least half of your liquid of bone broth it's amazing I mean we even put like um for the kids at school we'll put ham hocks or even a pig's ear in the bones I mean we have to make some stuff vegetarian too but um getting that extra gelatin and that flavor is like so amazing so for parents you know if you can um we put liver in the bolognese sauce my kids will even say with organ meats, they're like, mom, just sneak it in. Like, yeah, you know, I try to give them like chicken liver wrapped in bacon. And they're like, well, mm, go back to the bolognese sauce or like, right. you know, just get it in there. We don't want to like necessarily know, but you know, yeah. beef heart is something that is so delicious. Just little pans here and bacon grease. It's, it's so, um, it's like a muscle meat. So it tastes more like steak. So just introducing, um, you know, things at the youngest age, like you said to my son, I just found a picture of him. He's now 13. And I found a picture of him at age six, like just eating sardines out of the can. And I'm like, oh, gosh, he didn't really do that anymore. (laughs) Right. So keeping up with those, those things, those habits, and even having your, your baking grease on the stovetop and your healthy fats, like those are things that your kids will remember, you know, right, exactly. It just becomes, you know, the norm.
0: So do you uh, do you like green pastures for their cod liver oil? Because that's what I was always getting.
1: Yeah. I've switched to Rosita. Okay. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people who use green pastures as well. So, okay. um, Rosita, R O S I T A. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, it's look, I'm super into this and I even fall off the wagon sometimes and it's, um, you know, and then you kind of run out of ideas too, when it comes to like, packing lunch for your kids because Ah. there's no way for them to heat anything up. So it's complicated sometimes with what they can eat, but, um, you know, even getting sometimes like the grass fed beef jerky. And Mm -hmm. then if you're doing like raw cheese, you can almost make them their own little like lunch bowl with like olives, Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And so there are ways to do it. You just kind of have to be, I guess, mindful.
1: I know. I mean, oh gosh, I feel like making my kids my just like individual school lunches is the bane of my existence. Like it was easier, it's easier to be the lunch lady almost and feed a hundred plus kids than to have to make like five little, you know, it's like, oh, you gotta have yeah. and every kid wants some my my ex husband used to say, just give them all the same thing and send them on their way. I'm like, well doesn't really work like that because half the time then it comes home not eaten and then right. you're wasting it and you're like, These are like such beautiful ingredients. So I do. And then of course with, um, you know, this last year, half of this year we had to make lunches again. Um, I had to pack my kids' lunches, but one thing that we did that was amazing, we pivoted as, um, as a in-person, you know, as we went on to zoom, we, we made beautiful lunch boxes. So it was a big box of farm fresh foods with meats and cheese and, vegetables uh, and I, would, I put together really simple recipes. We called it the lunchbox and we would deliver each family at the school um, a lunchbox that was five days of lunches intended for the kids to take some ownership of their time in the kitchen and at home and make their own lunches. So we That's empowered amazing. them to step in the kitchen and hopefully relieve some parents of that, right. that job but you know they're capable of so much so getting them them cooking at a young age, put them, pop them on the countertop at age one and a half and have them, you know, watching you or cracking eggs or whatever they yes. can do, you know?
0: Yeah, it's so it's true. Important. My daughter does that. And sometimes it's annoying and I'm like, oh, I don't want her here with the chair next to me. I'm <laughs> in a hurry. I don't want to clean up her mess. She's going to make a mess. But it's like reminding yourself that this is good for them. This is how they they get in touch with food. This is how they learn. These things they'll yeah. remember. Like that's just... I'm I got like so many great little reminders today that I'm like, all right,
1: oh, I, I mean I feel yeah. like I have a new game plan. So this is awesome. And you just and have to do the best inspiring. you can and keep keep showing up because like you said, it's like we all fall off or there's days where we're like, shoot, you know. Uh, but yeah. you just keep, you know, and then when you know better, you do better. And then yeah. when you get your systems, the other thing that I think is super important right now is that we have to the, the men have to step up. I feel like yeah. the, the responsibility of nourishing the family is mostly falling on the shoulders of moms. And we now are often working and then we're managing Zoom school we're managing screens now, which is like a whole next level thing to manage. Right. But, um, but it has to become a family affair again. There has to be a discussion, has to be a priority and then a discussion of like, how are we going to nourish the family this week? And even my partner, you know, for him to pull out a pork shoulder or chuck roll from the freezer and salt it and say, Hey, this is on the counter. I'm salting it. And then I know, Oh, I'll pop that in the oven overnight or whatever is the communication. It makes, you know, how many of us have come home at five o'clock at night? Like, shoot, I forgot to take that out of the freezer or what -hmm. are we going to have? And then people turn to, Oh, we'll just get takeout again, or I'll be better next week. But if you have that, you know, if you make it fun again and it's your, everybody's involved and the kids are involved, like every culture, you know, For millennia like the kids are involved the whole family is involved in feeding the family you know Mm -hmm. so giving those those little tasks as they can handle them relieves you know the one person from holding the whole container and it may not be your thing too like if you don't like to cook it's like let's figure out then how to make it a priority and and you know we'll each divvy up the responsibility
0: absolutely well those are so many great tips i i just love chatting with you. I feel like we could go on and I know. on, and, <laughs> <I> <laughs> but know.
1: I tell, um,
0: tell everyone about your cookbook and your website, social media, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, the cookbook is the heal your gut cookbook. And it's just a beautiful way to eat in general. You don't have to be venturing onto the gaps diet. It's sort of how we eat, um, you know, the foundation of how we eat and teaching people about bone broths and fermented foods and healthy fats and all that. And, but if you do need to heal, it takes you really back to stage one of gaps and how you can, you know, heal things like autoimmune and, um, at least get back to a ground zero where, you know, what works for you and what doesn't, and then move forward accordingly. So that, and then I'm working on a new book. So fingers crossed that that will come out eventually. Um, and then we have our Lunch Leader Training Academy, which is, um, you know, I, I feel like I just want to train lunch leaders to sweep across the globe and disrupt this, the trend of chronic illness in this next generation. So we train people, anybody who's interested in learning, we will train. And you don't have to aspire to be a lunch lady at your kid's school. You can just want to feed your family well. You can want to maybe change a food bank or a YMCA or any sort of system that needs of a reorganization and um you know the ancestral wisdom can infuse into all these places because that's what we need we need this kind of like you know just fast like track everybody learn this and let's infuse it into every place possible so that it again becomes the norm um and then we have a podcast called the soul show which is for school of lunch so sol where rita um who is my my sidekick in the in the kitchen. She jumped on as an intern from the beginning and um and then became a lunch lady. She and I pop on and we 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 now started interviewing a lot of people, but it's you know mainly just meant to empower people with information resources that we found to be super helpful in our own lives and feeding the children. Um and school so schooloflunch.com, the podcast, the training academy. Stay tuned for another training academy i'd like to you just had one right yeah we just had one and it was amazing and you know what was so what i realized after that academy it's out here in california um for about a week in topanga and malibu and it's like the most important thing i walked away with and i think everybody walked away with it, was human connection yeah It was just like people have been craving that and just yes. to be back and feel like you're not alone right so valuable and I think people think they're going to come and get like knife skills and now we're going to do you know fermentation 101 and it is a little bit of that but it's so much deeper than that you leave and you are changed like on a cellular level like you just get how important it is to feel the 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 connection you're just reconnected on all levels to the earth and each other and Um, Have you you been just
0: doing them annually or are you going to try to do them more than once a year?
1: We did them. We did it two years ago. And then we last year got canceled because of COVID. And then so then we just brought it back this year and it was a huge success. So my dream is to have a hub. um, So if anybody has any ideas out there where we can just train people, um, you know, all the time and just keep pumping them out, lunch leaders to just, you know, little ambassadors. so but now i am starting in a couple weeks back in the school kitchen so i'm like ah you know we got to get that up and running after a year and a half of being out um so that's exciting but then we just yeah we hope to be able to simultaneously be training people and then also bring some of it online so that if you can't travel that you can get you know that connection in the community right so uh
0: what is your you're on instagram what's your
1: instagram that's school of lunch. Okay, school of lunch so, and of lunch, Facebook yeah. too. Yeah, Facebook is more Hillary Boynton. I'm like such a dinosaur that, okay. like, you know, I have the Heal Your Gut Cookbook, School of Lunch, and Hillary Boynton, and then somehow I got locked out of School of Lunch, or I can't figure You know, it's just like my brain. My brain can't. <laughs> I'm just like I can't figure out the technology. Yeah. So I need a. I need a personal assistant. It's a lot to, to keep me. up with. It's I know. Like too much. <laughs> so Instagram is really where I spend most of my time. And then Hilda and I did that, you know, or being human. And we actually just had our very first being human event uh, last Saturday where Dr. Stanton Hom from the future generations podcast. And he has a, um, a pediatric and prenatal chiropractic
0: oh, uh, business cool. in San
1: Diego. So he came and we talked about, so that's going to release. We did a live recording of a, a podcast for Hilda's wise traditions podcast. So that will come out. Um, I don't know hopefully in a couple of weeks but you know one thing actually that Stanton and I talked about I interviewed him on our podcast as well is that you know people spend like a year planning their weddings just think about this Mm. we get so I mean I know I did I was like oh it's gotta be perfect and I gotta have the right everything but we don't spend any time planning for a baby Mm -hmm. and that's like our most precious resource right there our children are just like so precious But yet, so if we could start and that's why getting these kids set up with healthy microbiomes before they pass that on to the next generation and that awareness. So if we can start thinking about, you know, Weston Price discovered that cultures across the world, they all had fertility diets and, you know, pregnancy diets and postpartum. And so there was so much thought that went into creating a healthy next generation. And yes. so if we can get back to that mindset,
0: I think be so valuable. Yeah. Nourishing traditions yeah. for mother and baby. That's like my gift yeah. to oh, anyone who's right. thinking about having a baby or pregnant because, yes. uh, there are so many great takeaways in there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people are people are, I see more and more moms now um, fully aware mm-hmm. and doing just the mo- having the most amazing pregnancies. I'm like, I want to do over.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know if I want to go back to the whole thing. But <laughs> yeah. if I could, I would do it so differently. So, you know, that's like you and, and I are, you know, probably on a similar mission of like, you know, we want to empower people so they don't, so they don't make the same mistakes that maybe we made. Right. Years ago. right. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's so awesome. Well, I'm so glad you joined me today. And, um, Thank you. I, I think this has just been a wealth of knowledge for people. And so I'm going to put some of the links to some of the things that Hillary has mentioned in the show notes. So you can go there for those links and, um, and yeah, maybe we'll have you back again soon.
1: <laughs> I would love it anytime, anytime. You'll have to come out for school lunch.
0: I would love that. <laughs> I totally would. And hopefully California will be um, a better place to visit I, I by know. then. Gosh, or maybe you'll do it in another state even too. We That's, are. We're open yeah. to
1: that too. If people, um, and we are, we're training, you know, we've got some lunch leaders doing amazing things across the country, but, you know, we're open to other locations too. If so, if people have a great hub with a great kitchen and, you know, we'll help find the local resources and come in and just train people. Yeah. That's, you know, that would be another vision for sure. So, but I'm really accessible. People DM me on Instagram. I try and answer everybody. And, um, you know, so just don't be afraid to reach out or uh, at our website, school of lunch. We have a newsletter and ways to contact us.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. Have a great day or make it a great day. I like to say, because, you know, it's a choice, right? (laughs) Right. All right. Take care. Take care. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.